is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, how you doing today? Doing well. Uh, excited to talk some Michigan sports. Uh, it's it's good for the most part. Okay, we'll start with Jim Harbaugh, his contract extension that they announced just what like an hour before we got on here. No details yeah. out there yet. But uh, he he signed a new five-year deal through the 2026 season. Knew that was coming. Again, don't have details, so like not much to react to there. You assume you know some kind of raise, maybe the same kind of incentive structure that he had on his last contract. But um, I mean, is there is there any other reaction other than well, yeah, this was what was going to happen? You know, not really. You know, the only thing that maybe you could talk about is the the number of years um you know 2026 is seems like forever away but really isn't that long but i think that's the reasonable contract you know you're not locking somebody into a 10-year deal like some of these crazy contracts Mel tucker Tucker, (laughs) a guy who's likely not going to be at michigan state you know even five more years especially if they have success um you know it seems like a reasonable contract for somebody who's Approaching 60, you know, he says he doesn't want to dance with the NFL anymore. Uh, but, you know, the reality is, is uh, he's had some not so great seasons as much as he's had, you know, a really good season in 2021 and then some seasons where they seemed really close. So five years is a, is a good amount of time to, to kind of go through the ups and downs of, of college football and especially at the University of Michigan. You know, I, I don't think anyone will say that they expect him to win the Big Ten championship every year. That'd be discrediting you know, Ohio State's success for multiple decades now, uh, especially their success against Michigan. But, you know, he's got a lot to prove. I think five years seems like the, the range that maybe I was expecting. I would have been shocked if it was, I guess, anything longer than that. Or shorter. I mean, remember last uh, episode when I, I brought up kind of like the lingering possibility that, that Harbaugh's next big contract would be the last one he signed? And, like, we're sitting in this middle ground here, I feel like, through 2026. I don't want to say it's for sure that, you know, he's going to get, like, another big deal or another, you know, five years on top of that. But it it it, it kind of also, I, I, I don't know where to go with it. Like, is that the last thing he signs? Is, you know, does he, is he looking at 2026 thinking, like, that's a good cutoff for my football career or my coaching career? It doesn't seem like Jim Harbaugh, the ultra-competitive guy, but that was kind of lingering. I guess when I saw the 2026 figure, it was like at his age, you know, what what does he feel like he has left? And, And 2026 landed in a gray area for me. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the years, I that's probably the better way to do it, a five-year contract. These 10-year contracts are ridiculous. You know, you see how much guys are getting paid now. I think, you know, five years is a good spot to, to reevaluate. You know, where's he at? Uh, how's he been doing? How are his teams been doing? Uh, is he, you know, performing above expectations? Is Michigan, you know, uh, an average football team? Hopefully better than average. But, and then you can kind of revisit, you know, an extension then. You know, maybe you throw on three years if he thinks he wants to, you know, coach until 2029, 2030. But I think 2026 uh, seems like a good uh, five-year period to me. I think you'll have a couple of good seasons in there, hopefully. 
and then probably some so-so seasons you know you got to give credit uh to to the other you know not only good programs in the big 10 but especially what we saw with alabama and georgia just you know being the cream of the crop in the college football playoff so you know you, you maybe don't expect national championships and, and thus there becomes balance through all the name image likeness stuff but hey we have five years to kind of figure out what uh, Michigan football under Jim Harbaugh is going to be like, and, and hopefully those five years are, are more enjoyable than not. All right, let's get to basketball. Michigan blitzed Purdue 82-58 uh, and then lost a slugfest to Ohio State 68-57, two like, polar opposite games for this team, which uh, it, it seems like sort of the norm. You'll watch them one game and think, that's like a good Michigan team. And then for two or three games in a row, you're like, that's not even an NCAA tournament team. We got a little bit of that and back-to-back games. Do you feel any different, though, about this team after watching them? Like, throttle Purdue looks so good offensively, really clamped down on a really good Purdue defense. Or did the Ohio State thing just leave a bad taste in your mouth and you're like, nah, this Michigan team isn't any different than what we were watching in, like, January? I would say the Ohio State game ruined a little bit of the excitement I had. I mean, you, you saw Michigan just obliterate Purdue, and that was one of the most you know, enjoyable basketball games I've watched in a while. And, you know, we, we joke about all the late night games. I was just going to uh, talk you know, about it. Yep. That's, that's <laughs> one you, you stay up for. Um, and, and you have a guy like, you know, Jay Nivey who still played well, but you know, they, they slowed him down a little bit. It felt like Trevon Williams had an even bigger game than the numbers will show uh, him and Hunter Dickinson were going back and forth. That was fun. Uh, but what you saw against Purdue is what we kind of talked about last week is Hunter Dickinson get some help. Eli Brooks stepped up big. Musa Diabate had a, a fiery first half, finished with 15. Caleb Houston chimed in, hitting three-pointers. And then against Ohio State, you know, it's the, the same story uh, for a lot of their losses. They're just not hitting shots. They can't get anything to drop from the three-point line. And, you know, I, I, it doesn't take away from the, the quality win. Uh, Michigan really needed that, you know, top tier win, uh, you know, Juwan Howard beating a top five team uh, in his home building. But, you know, to, to not be able to pull off, you know, two ranked wins in a row, which would have been really helpful for the tournament resume, uh, stinks. And, you know, it, it's uh, you don't want to lose to Ohio State ever in any sport. And it just felt like a game that as close as it was at times, uh, it just felt like Ohio State was the better team or at least playing better that day. And, you know, it's just, it's up and down. Uh, we have not as much season left as, I mean, I even thought. Uh, just it flies by at this point of the year. They're playing so many games. Uh, you don't realize how fast they're moving through the schedule. But I guess we'll see, you know, what, what happens. But, you know, exactly like you said, it's kind of a tale of two teams. You know, it just depends who shows up. And last Thursday night, you know, a great Michigan team that looked like they could make a run in the tournament showed up. And then against Ohio State, that, you know, kind of average-looking, you know, bubble team, will they even make it into the tournament uh, was the team that presented itself. So I guess who knows. Do you also have to take an extra second when you're thinking about Travion Williams so you don't say Travion Henderson and, like, flash yourself back to football season? You know, I did not stutter this time. But I do it every time. But now that you say that, I feel like I'm glad they're not playing Purdue again because I would surely do it the next time. Yeah, right. In my head. Like, I'm not even talking out loud in my head. I got to take, like, an extra beat and be like, Travion Williams. Okay, that's what it is. You know, it's it's a little embarrassing, but I thought maybe you might have the same issue, but apparently it's just me, huh? 
You know, I do remember Trayvon Williams dropping like 50 on Michigan, so maybe that's <laughs> why I don't like I, I don't often forget that name True. because that's of fair. that performance. I, he literally didn't miss. I think he was like it seemed like he was 20 for 22 that night. <laughs> uh, coming up next is at Iowa, back-to-back road games at Iowa, and then at Wisconsin. So that's Thursday and Sunday. Uh, I. I don't know what to think. And I feel like I've said this and thought this the whole season. On one hand, Michigan needed a break and they're getting it. They didn't play until, or they didn't play it since uh, Saturday. And then they'll play Thursday evening against Iowa. That's a good enough break. Get your legs back and all that. But Iowa scores a lot of points, man. And they also have a star player and Keegan Murray, who who uh, any any team star player just like seems to go off against Michigan. If like if you got one, he's going for thirty five against Michigan. Seems like a guarantee. But then like you don't have many games to waste here. You're going to Madison. Then you still have a game left against Illinois. Still have one left against Michigan State and Ohio State, and, and another one against Iowa. Like there are not a lot of opportunities to solidify yourself as an NCAA tournament team, which was kind of the worry we were talking about last week, but they got a win against Purdue, and that's like a great step forward. But uh, do you feel like Michigan's the type of team that can go on the road in back-to-back games? And I don't know what the results necessarily need to be, but can they go on the road in back-to-back games and look like an actual NCAA tournament team? Honestly, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but they can if they find a way to hit shots. Uh, you know, the lack of three-point shooting, you know, if Eli Brooks or, or Caleb Houston or both of them aren't hitting shots, it seems like nobody is. You know, even the game against Purdue, I think only three players, you know, hit all of the three-pointers. Uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson will go have a game where he hits four and then have a game where it seems like he doesn't take one. Uh, it just depends, you know, how, how uh, you know, defenses play him. You know, two back-to-back road games and and you know what should be hostile environments though um yeah you know i I don't i don't have a lot of hope with the road games they've got a four-game homestand after that that i'd think would be a little bit more favorable but even you know again it's 9 p.m on a thursday night but you just don't see i mean a loud crowd when there's something to be loud about and cheer about like a thrashing of purdue but even the beginning of that game pretty quiet the the saturday uh evening game i think it was 6 p.m against Ohio State, you know, wasn't full. The blue out was kind of a dud. Um, you know, on the road, I don't have as much confidence as at home, but at home, it just the environment doesn't seem as great because it's a 13-10 and 10 team that's, you know, barely over 500 in the conference. So, you know, they're tied with Iowa right now in the conference standings. They're technically only three and a half games back. So if you find a way to win two road games, you know, you might be in the mix, especially with a team like Rutgers, like, you know, on a crazy win streak against ranked teams right now um you know sitting ahead of michigan in in the conference kind of weird to see yeah but you know you you've got to win one of these i think just because you need to have that quality road win on your resume and so you know whether it's iowa or wisconsin i guess take your pick Uh, i think they have the ability to win one of them but you know like you said uh once you play a star uh and keegan murray just had a 37 point game uh, maybe more nervous about that one because, yeah, Michigan's really good at letting star players go for 30-plus. It's amazing how many of Michigan's issues are just, like, basic parts of basketball. Like, Michigan doesn't have a lot of guys who can shoot the ball. And it sounds too simplistic, 
but for so many of their games where they really struggle it's like how much of this could they take care of if they just had like another guy in there who's a good shooter or if their good shooters were actually hitting shots it, it's so simple that it's frustrating but I don't I mean nothing's going to change like uh, they'll have games you know where where things look all right things look good I, at this point like I don't think it's fair to, to assume that well yeah they're gonna figure it out at some point uh, not in that kind of way like they can definitely figure it out in terms of you know we clamp down defensively and, and we get into close games and, and we find a way to fight through that like teams can do that but I feel like at this point offensively you just are who you are and so that's why I totally agree with you against a team like Iowa like if they're getting up in the 80s and 90s like they do I don't see a way Michigan keeps up with that you know short of having a game like they did against Purdue where just nobody seems to miss but that has definitely been an anomaly that that is not the way things have gone and I, we definitely shouldn't expect them to go that way yeah, I mean, let me just read some of these scores so people understand. Like, Please, one, yeah. They're let scoring us, 84 points a game. That's that's 12 better than Michigan. You know, Michigan's had a couple of sleepers in terms of scoring, you know, at Penn State, which they found a way to win. And, they did. You know, you, and, and it's not, you know, you don't – it always feels like we're picking on Michigan State because oftentimes <laughs> we do. But, you know, Michigan State did not find a way to win at Penn State. So you got to give credit for, for clawing that game out, another 9 p.m. snoozer. Um, where it felt like, you know, you had just seen the game earlier that night, I think, where Michigan State and Wisconsin, it was like 16-11 with five minutes to go in the first half. If you look at the points scored early in that second half or probably the first 10-15 minutes in the second half, I think it was like 11-8. to Like, it was like no scoring. You you blitz Purdue, you score 82 points. But if you look at Iowa's last five, a win with 98 points, a win with 110 points, a win with 71, a little bit of a – lower scoring contest, an overtime win of 90, and then, or loss with 90, or 86, sorry, and then a loss with 73 against Purdue. But against Purdue, 83 to 73, that's a pretty good game because you know how well Purdue scores. So even to be within 10 with how Purdue can play sometimes is impressive. But I mean, yeah, this is a team that scored almost 100 the last game and 110 the game before that. Uh, and even in Michigan's thrashing of, of Purdue, you know, they only need 82 points there. So yeah, if, if team scoring 84 points a game, uh, Michigan can't seem to defend well enough to slow down the scoring. If this gets into, you know, the, the 70s, 80s, I think it's because Iowa's up 15 to 20 points. Okay. Now, I meant to ask this last week, but I think we just ran out of time. At this rate, Michigan's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven regular season games left. If you had to guess is this a team that needs to have like a good run in the big 10 tournament in order for you to feel decently okay about NCAA tournament chances? Is that, do you think that's what it's going to come down to? Yeah, I think unless they go on a run here, like, you know, example, win two games on the road or find a way to beat an Illinois or Michigan state or Ohio state um, and, you know, win enough of the others. Uh, I think probably either way you're, you're going to need to see, wins in the Big Ten tournament. If you're getting, if you kind of have, you know, you win half your games left, which would probably be impressive, to be honest, uh, with where Michigan's at uh, and the teams that they have on the schedule, especially the the road matchups left, um, and then get bounced in the in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, 
probably doesn't look good for your tournament resume. If you can win, you know, almost half or half of your games left in the regular season and then, you know, win or steal a couple in the Big Ten tournament, then I think this team makes it as a, you know, anywhere from 8 to 10. You know, maybe even that play-in spot like Michigan State barely made it in last year. So, you know, there's a chance, but you you just cannot go as cold as they do in their losses. And, you know, it'd be my best recommendation that you you (laughs) win as many games left in the regular season because this does feel like a team that could get bounced in the first day of a Big Ten tournament just with how um, poorly they can play on any given day or night. What was it, 2015 when Cam Chapman hit that corner three to beat Indiana in the Big Ten tournament? Sounds about right. I think, and I'm basing this off of where I was living at the time, so I think it was 2015. Man, I'm sitting on the couch, and that was one of those seasons where I think if Michigan lost that game, uh, they're probably not a tournament team. You're feeling you're feeling not good about their chances, and then they win it, and you're like, okay, big sigh of relief. This feels like a tournament team. I mean, Michigan hasn't had one of those seasons in a while. I, you know, if if that's what it comes down to, in in 2022, like, so be it. I just remember the stress that brought, and then at the end, like the huge sense of relief, like, oh my God, they did it. They're gonna go to the NCAA tournament. Like they needed every bit of this. Thank God the refs did not call a travel on Chapman in the corner. You because know, those close ups. I don't know if you ever saw him, but like he yeah, was definitely oh yeah. shuffling those feet, right? Yeah. So. I guess it's not the worst thing in the world if that's what it comes down to, but that'll just make for for a stressful few days. The the kind that that Michigan basketball typically doesn't give us until like NCAA tournament time because you just feel so confident, so good about what's going on in the regular season. And here we are, man, and it's like uh, you're just ready for it. You're like, okay, this is this is what's gonna happen. Just gotta take your pill live with it right you know it's just it's unfortunate that they're even in this spot you know there are a lot of expectations i think expectations especially with the preseason rankings you know michigan's a good reminder of why preseason rankings are are silly you know i think we got a lot of you know we saw a lot of hype and and rightfully so you have one of the top recruiting classes if not the top at least for a portion of time you have capable players come in. You have Hunter Dickinson returning. You have Eli Brooks, you know, stepping into a bigger role than I think maybe a lot of us gave credit to. You you assumed that Devontae Jones was Mike Smith. And I think people quickly forgot that they lost, like, legitimate NBA talent, you know, rookie of the year type talent in Franz Wagner. Hell yeah. You know, Mr. Reliable and Isaiah Livers, who had been through a lot of games himself and dealt with a lot of injuries. Shawnee Brown, who came in, is a great transfer. Um, and then Mike Smith, you know, what he was able to do at the point guard spot. And you lose all of that, and you have this new talent, and you don't have that deep of a bench, and then you're basically relying on Hunter Dickinson and Eli Brooks in a bigger role. And, you know, this team is probably playing, now that you see it all unfold, you're probably not as surprised. It's just more so disappointing. Uh, Because, you know, I think as a Michigan basketball fan, you've technically been blessed for, you know, a good decade or more of you know not not always a sure tournament team but more likely than not and then often a team that is capable of making a run again what you saw against purdue gives you that flash like if it came down to you know you've got to win some games in the big 10 tournament or you're out i think this is a team capable of making a run 
but could they make a run to get into the NCAA tournament and then handle business in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Seems like that might be asking a lot for a team that just isn't consistently playing well enough uh, with the on and off. You know, I think their best win streak is three or something like that, right? Like they just haven't put in enough games together and good enough games, string of games together to to feel like a team that's capable of making a big tournament run. So hopefully they hold their own. Again, if they can get one of these wins on the road, I think that bodes well for the rest of the schedule. But it's not going to be easy either way. They've got some tough opponents coming up. Uh, and, and I'd say every game is a losable game uh, moving forward just because it's the Big Ten. And, yeah, that's just kind of what happens in, in February heading into March. All right, let me finish here with a question for you. Michigan's last road win at Penn State on February 8th, the clunker we talked about. Uh, two back-to-back road games here, and then he finished at Ohio State. Have we seen Michigan's last road win? I sure hope not. I mean, it's definitely possible. You don't have a lot of road opportunities left, and again, you're playing solid teams. You know, Iowa, Wisconsin, and Ohio State have all looked like really, really good basketball teams at some point this season, but I think they'll get one more road win at least, but yeah, I'd be more surprised than not if they if they get two out of three. Which one do you think they would get? I'm leaning towards that Wisconsin. Um, I just I don't I don't feel good about tomorrow night when Murray's coming off of a 37 point game and Iowa scoring a hundred or more a contest, um, whether it's on the road or at home. So. I don't feel great about tomorrow night, but, you know, I don't really feel good about a lot of games. And I think that's what's surprising about Michigan-Purdue last week is it was a nice surprise. You know, it was something that no one expected. Uh, Hopefully there's a couple of more moments like that this season. But if I had to pick, I'm going to pick at Wisconsin, I guess. Okay. You know, I I feel fine about a split here on the road. And I I think I'm with you that I feel a little better maybe about – Michigan beating Wisconsin rather than Iowa. Now watch Iowa come out and score like 52 points. That That's how the Hawkeyes would do after we talk about them like this. But I, th- I think that's the move. I think it's at Wisconsin. By the way, I did some quick math. I think, if I'm looking at this correctly, Michigan has played two games on Sunday this season. They're 1-1. One and one. They beat Indiana. That was a good one, 80-62. And then way back early in the season – they lost to Arizona 80 to 62. So those are identical scores. One Michigan won, the other they lost. Um, I don't know. This is 80 to 62. I feel like we got to do something, but I I feel like Michigan is going to move to 2 and 1 on these Sunday games just a feeling. I don't know, but I don't, do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> Hey, am I, am I reading the tea leaves? There's going to be some Sunday and Subway tournament games. Maybe that that's boosts true. the resume. Hey, Michigan plays well on Sunday. You know, give them the give them the Friday Sunday slot. They might be okay. If Mich- if if we come back next week and Michigan has won or even lost, I'll throw that in there. If the score is eighty to sixty-two against Wisconsin, I I will find a way to get somebody like a twenty-five dollar Mden gift card. I like that. That's my promise. 80 to 62, you know, it's possible. I just hope that it's 80 points for Michigan. Sure. I like that 80 to 62 a lot better than the other one. 
if Michigan wins 80 to 62, make that a $35 MDEN gift card. If go. the score is 80 to 62, if Michigan loses at $25. So that's my promise. If it scores 80 to 62, somebody's getting some something from the end then that's a difference I, between a nike michigan tee and a and a nike michigan long sleeve t-shirt exactly that's what i was thinking so uh be rooting for for 80 to 62 i guess and and we'll catch you next week yeah see if our our predictions here come true michigan splitting here uh, but you know hopefully two big road wins and, and you're feeling good about an ncaa tournament team but we'll catch you next week take care out there and go blue go blue